And we're live. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man walah amma ba'd ahibbati fillah uhayyikum bitahiyyatil islam wa uhani'ukum ala hadha albayan wa hadhihi alfursa alzahabiyya التي أتيحت لنا بفضل الله ومنه علينا أننا نتكلم في أمور العلم والدين بينما يتمتع الكفار كما تتمتع الأنعام والنار مثوى لهم Today we're going to begin the discussion on the 8th hadith of Al-Arba'in Al-Nawawiyya and specifically hadith number 8 or is that what I said right now? But let me share the screen. Make sure we're on the same page. And we're ready to go. طيب. الحديث الثامن عن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال أمرت أن أقاتل الناس حتى يشهدوا أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله ويقيم الصلاة ويؤت الزكاة فإذا فعلوا ذلك عصموا مني دماءهم وأموالهم إلا بحق الإسلام وحسابهم على الله تعالى رواه البخاري ومسلم On the authority of Ibn Umar May Allah be pleased with both of them and therefore عنهما that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam said, I was commanded to fight the people until they bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the Messenger of Allah. And they also establish the salah and they pay the zakah. If they do so, then they have protected from me their blood and their wealth except with the right of Islam and their accountability is upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this hadith was collected by both Bukhari and Muslim in their sahih now moving forward to the sharh or the explanation the Shaykh rahimahullah says Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymin or bin al-Uthaymin alayhi rahmatullahi ta'ala our beloved Shaykh and one of the most valuable assets of the Muslim Ummah in the modern era. One of the most uh, influential and beneficial individuals that the Ummah has seen in modern era. The amount of benefit and khair that the Shaykh Rahimahullah had put forward is is in volumes of books and tafasir and shuruh that we don't even know where to begin, let alone where to end. So we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make that means for him to be raised into higher levels in Al-Jannah, asking Allah to make him from the inhabitants of Jannah, first and foremost. He said, Umirtu lam yusamma So I was commanded and the uh, it's the 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 subject of this particular verb has not been named because the subject or the doer in the sentence is known to us and that is none but allah the exalted might and keeping the that which is known uh, concealed or unspoken is feasible linguistically and in application both in both cases whether it is in uh, universal matters or the legislative matters and the sheikh will give us an example and the human was created weak so Allah did not tell us who the creator is because we know we know from other verses, from other principles in Islam that Allah is the creator of men and he made him weak. 
So that's an example of a universal matter where the doer is left unspoken or un, uh, uh, just hidden or, or concealed. وفي الأمور الشرعية and in the legislative matters كهذا الحديث is like this حديث أمرت أن أقاتل وكقوله أمرنا أن نسجد على سبعة أعظم This is similar to the other hadith This hadith I was commanded to fight is similar to the statement of the Prophet وسلم, We were commanded to prostrate on seven bones I'm assuming all of y'all know the seven bones I'm assuming all of y'all know the seven bones in case you don't, there are the two hands and the two knees and the two feet and then your forehead and your nose, which count as one bone. If you were to not have those on the ground in this one sujood, your sujood is invalid. I was commanded, i.e. my Lord commanded me. <coughs> Excuse me. وَالْأَمْرُ طَلَبُ الْفِعْلِ عَلَى وَجْهِ الْإِسْتِعْلَاءِ أي أن الآمر أو طالب الفعل يرى أنه في منزلة فوق منزلة المأمور. Command, أمر, command is requesting the taking place of an action but in the context of superiority. Meaning the commander or the requester of the action sees himself in a level, on a level above the one being commanded. لأنه لو أمر من يسويه because if he is commanding, if he's asking that from someone who's, who equates him, it becomes a type of seeking something. And if you ask someone who is above you, it becomes a form of supplication or a question, a request. So if you're the boss, when you give a command to those who are under you, those you are in charge of, then that is a perfect manifestation of amr. I gave you an, a, a direction. I want you, to, uh, uh, I want you to act upon the direction I gave you. I want you to execute it. If I have my peer, my colleague, who is at the same level of seniority in the company, and I ask him for something, then this is basically me seeking something from him. Whereas if I ask someone who's above me, who's more senior than me, then it becomes a form of dua. Obviously dua if it's you're asking Allah, but for the kuffar, it doesn't have to be that they're asking Allah. They could be asking others. Or a request. Su'al, please, can you do this for me? So what is it that was being commanded? The commander is Allah. The recipient of the command is the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And that which is being commanded is the fighting of the people. And fighting is not equal to killing. Fighting is not equal to killing. Pay attention because this hadith is used by the enemies of Islam to claim that Islam is always in the state of a military uh, push in order to bring people into Islam even if it's done by force. And that is inaccurate. We are not going to be like those sellouts who claim that there is no offensive jihad in Islam and that is a jihad is only defensive. That is a lie against the deen of Allah. And those who make that claim will be asked by Allah on Yawm Al-Qiyamah for lying against his religion. But we're also not going to be on the tip of those who have taken certain ayat and ahadith in reference to fighting in the cause of Allah and misapplied them against other Muslims and disbelievers, which actually led them into falling into major violence and acts of terrorism in the name of Islam, which Islam is free and innocent of. So be, be careful and understand the nuance and understand the level of moderation and balanced approach to Islam that we the people that are known as Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, in reality, the true followers of the Salaf that we represent and that we follow. We are very particular about anything that other groups have gone into extreme about. We're never on one side of the extreme, neither too negligent or too extreme. We're always in the middle, in everything, in everything. We are the manifestation of 
Such we have made you a middle nation. We are the manifestation of that. Between the Shia and between the uh, those who, you know, glorify or, or belittle the Sahaba and those who, you know, or those who raised, raised Ali to the level of, of being a God. Between the disbelievers in Qadr, the Qadariya and the Jabariya. Those who believe that Qadr uh, uh, you know, there's no such thing as, as uh, Qadr and the other ones, who, or Allah knows about things after, and Jabariya, those who say that there's no Qadr really, you're just forced to do whatever you're doing. And those, you know, between the Jahmiya and the Mar we're, we're in the middle between all of those groups that have gone astray. So the Sheikh says, فَالْمُقَاتَلَةُ أَنْ يَسْعَى فِي جِهَادِ الْأَعْدَاءِ حَتَّى تَكُونَ كَلِمَةُ اللَّهِ هِيَ الْعُلْيَا So the definition of muqatala fighting, is that you strive in the cause of struggling against the enemies so that the word of Allah Azza wa Jal is the most supreme. Whereas killing is to kill a specific particular individual. That's why we say Not everyone whom it is permissible to fight against, it is permissible to kill them. Not everyone that you're permitted to fight against, you're permitted to kill. Killing someone is way more restricted and it's only allowed under very known conditions. Whereas fighting is more generic and more and vaster. It's more vast. Allah says, فَأَنْبَغَتْ إِحْدَاهُمَا عَلَى الْأُخْرَى فَقَاتِلُ الَّتِي تَبْغِي حَتَّى تَفِيءَ إِلَىٰ أَمْرِ اللَّهِ And if two groups of the believers fight, then rectify between them. And if one of those groups transgresses against the other, then fight the one that transgresses until it returns to the command of Allah. فَالْأَمْرِ بِقِتَّالِهَا وَهِيَ مُؤْمِنَا لَا يُحِلُّ قَتْلَهَا وَلَا يُبِيحُ دَمُهَا لَكَ مِنْ أَجْلِ الصَّحْ So commanding the fighting against that transgress, transgressing uh, group while it is a believer, it's a group of believers, does not permit its killing or make its blood lawful. However, this fighting is done in order to bring about rectification. That's why the Ummah was commanded to agree with the Imam in fighting against the people of transgression who go out against the imam because of some doubt that they have. قالوا, they said, فَإِذَا قَرَّرَ الْإِمَامُ أَنْ يُقَاتِلَهُمْ وَجَبَ عَلَى الرَّعِيَةِ طَاعَتَهُ وَمُوَفَقَتَهُ دَفْعًا لِلشَّرِّ وَالْفَسَادِ If the imam decides to fight them, those transgressing group, then it is obligatory on the uh, his shepherd, on the, I'm sorry, on those whom he is responsible for, ra'iyya as the people he's in charge of, it's obligatory, obligatory on them to obey him and to agree with him in order to repel and push off the evil and the corruption. And in this case, you can you will be fighting against Muslims, but in order to establish justice and to remove chaos. And Abu Bakr, may Allah be peace with him. He fought the, the people that prevented, that were against paying zakah. Mani'i in those who prevented the payment of zakah to the waliul amr, but he did not kill them. He fought them, but he did not kill them. But he fought them so that they may submit to the truth. Tamam? Tamam? Allahu Akbar. So now, hatta, is it the type of, is it, is it, uh, the, meaning the reason why I'm fighting them is so that they will testify, or is it for gaya, meaning is it the objective, meaning I will call them, I will continue to fight them until they testify. Once they testify, I will no longer fight them. والجواب هي تحتمل أن تكون التعليل ولكن الثاني أظهر يعني أقاتلهم إلى أن يشهدوا. It could be for the justification. That's the the reason behind it. But the second opinion, which is بمعنى until, is is stronger and more more evident. So he said meaning meaning until up until they testify. 
وحتى تاتي للتعليل وتاتي للغايه so حتى comes for uh, for two it has two purposes or two usages in the language either للتعليل is to justify the or the reason behind something or the objective and the destination to arrive at an objective or destination فقوله تعالى قالوا لن نبرح عليه عاكفين حتى يرجع يرجع الينا موسى so that بني اسرائيل they said that they we shall remain uh, in a state of of devoteness to their uh, false god that they had made uh, with the help of the samiri until until موسى حتى يرجع الينا موسى until موسى returns فهذه الغايه ولا تصح للتعليل in this context it means this it, it means it is for uh, the objective and it could not be as a justification لان بقاهم عاكفين على العجل يستلزم حضور موسى عليه السلام because them remaining uh, devoted to the calf does not necessitate the presence of موسى عليه السلام وقوله عز وجل عن المنافقين لا تنفقوا على من عند رسول الله حتى ينفضوا as for the statement of the munafiqeen Allah said about them and they said and do not spend on those with the message of Allah until ينفضوا uh, فحتى هنا للتعليل حتى here means uh, for the justification يعني لا تنفقوا لأجل أن ينفضوا عن رسول الله don't spend so that they will disperse away from the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام وليس المعنى لا تنفقوا حتى ينفضوا فإذا انفضوا أنفقوا it doesn't mean that don't spend until they, they disperse away and once they do then you can spend no وقوله حتى يشهدوا أي حتى يشهدوا بألسنتهم وبقلوبهم until they testify meaning until they testify with their tongues and with their hearts لكن من شهد بلسانه عصم دمه وماله وقلبه إلى الله عز وجل however they are supposed to testify with their tongues and their hearts but as far as we're concerned if they only testify with their tongues they have protected their blood and their wealth as for their hearts the matter refers to Allah Azza wa Jal. You cannot come and say, no, you just said it with your tongue. You don't really mean it. You're a disbeliever. I'm going to take care of you anyways. Nope, can't do that. وَقَوْلُهُ أَلَّا إِلَّا إِلَّا اللَّهِ إِلَّا مَعْبُودَ حَقِّ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Azza wa Jal. So the statement, as we've translated it thousands and hundreds of thousands of times, there's no there's no one who's worshipped in truth except Allah. That's what لَا إِلَّا إِلَّا اللَّهِ means. فَهُوَ الَّذِي عِبَادَتُهُ حَقِّ وَمَا سِوَاهُ فَعِبَادَتُهُ and the worship of anyone else or anything else is false. وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ مُحَمَّدْ هُوَ إِبْنُ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ He's the son of Abdullah. وَأَبْرَزُ إِسْمُهُ وَلَمْ يَقُلْ وَأَنِّي رَسُولُ وَأَبْرَزَ إِسْمَهُ وَلَمْ يَقُلْ وَأَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ لِلْتَفْخِيمُ وَالتَّعْظِيمُ وَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ يَعْنِي مُرْسِلَهُ So the Prophet he did not say, and I am the messenger of Allah. Uh, rather, uh, you know, out of boastness and, and, and uh, uh, you know, magnifying himself. And what is intended by Rasulullah is the one whom Allah had sent. الصلاتة, they established the salah. So they established the salah, meaning they fulfill it upright and sound as the legislation has brought. And the salah here is general. لكن المراد بها الخاص but what is intended specifically is الصلوات الخمس وهي الصلوات الخمس the five daily prayers ولهذا لو تركوا النوافل فلا يقاتلون if they were to abandon voluntary prayers supererogatory prayers they will not be fought ويؤتوا الزكاة أي يعطوها مستحقها to pay the zakat to give it to the deserving entity والزكاة هي النصيب المفروض في الأموال الزكوية زكاة is the uh, the portion that is obligatory to be paid from your from the money that is eligible for zakat. Such as in gold and silver and uh, business transactions. Meaning one, it's a, a quarter of a tenth, meaning one out of a forty, one over forty. وَفِيمَا يَخْرُجُ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ مِمَّا فِيهِ الزَّكَاءِ And also whatever comes out of the earth which zakah is due on. نصف العشر, half of the tenth. إِذَا كَانَ يَسْقِي بِمَأُونَ If he's watering it with a ma'una, uh, with like a supply. 
And the entire tenth, if it's being watered without supply. And similarly with the livestock as it is in the Sunnah. If they were to do so, if they do so, I shahidu Allah and they do all of those. Meaning they prevented. It is not permissible for me to fight them and to make their blood lawful. Nor can I take their uh, wealth as war booty. Because they have entered into the religion of Islam. This is an exception, but it's a general exception. Unless their wealth and their blood becomes uh, lawful by the right of Islam. مثل زنا الثيب. مثل زنا الثيب. Now all y'all should know what that means, صح? Everybody knows what zina الثيب means. Allah, I'll give you a couple of seconds to figure it out. What is zina الثيب يا عباد الله? I hate the delay. What is a thayyib? I'll answer by the time your answers come in, inshallah, it would be tomorrow. Zina uh, al-thayyib is the adultery of the non-virgin. The adultery of the non-virgin. So, al-adra uh, is the virgin. And a thayyib is a woman who has been with a man. All right. So this is a woman who either is married or had been married. It's a very important piece of information you guys need to know. It applies not to someone who's only currently married, but it also applies to someone who's previously been married. So whether a man or a woman who had been married at some point in time, if they were to commit zina, then they have the same ruling of being stoned to death if they were caught or if they confess and it's a long story whereas a virgin then obviously that's only lashes and uh being uh being what should we call it expelled from the land also qisas is retribution if killing a person will get you killed in islam killing a person will get you killed Meaning, except with the right that Islam necessitates or makes obligatory. Uh, and bikr, by the way. Another term for adhra is bikr. Bikr, which is the word I was looking for in the beginning, but it didn't come to my mind. Then I remembered the ayah. Thayyibatun wa abkara. وَحِسَابُهُمْ عَلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى And their accountability is upon Allah. أَيْ مُحَاسَبَتُهُمْ عَلَى الْأَعْمَالِ عَلَى تَعَالَى So the one who will hold them accountable for their deeds is Allah. As for the Prophet ﷺ, his only obligation is to convey. His only obligation is to convey the message. In this hadith is a foundation and a principle in the permissibility of fighting people. And that it is not permissible to fight them except for that reason. من فوائد هذا الحديث from among the benefits of the hadith أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عبد مأمور يوجه إليه الأمر كما يوجه إلى غيره لقوله أمرت the first benefit of the hadith is that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم is a slave who receives direction and commands uh, just like anyone else because he said I was commanded I was commanded number two the second benefit uh, جواز إبهام المعلوم إذا كان المخاطب the permissibility of concealing what is known if the one you're speaking to knows what you're talking about. So when the Prophet said, I was commanded, he didn't tell us that Allah commanded him because the person, the people, they understand that he is referring to Allah. He is, they understand that he's referring to Allah from the context. Thirdly, the, the obligation of fighting the people until they establish those matters. If a person were to ask, why do we take this 
to be an obligation and not simply a recommendation? Well, Jawab, the answer is لا يكون للاستحباب. It is not for uh, recommendation or voluntary or pre uh, preferable. لأن هذا فيه استباحة محرم because this allows the uh, you know making lawful that which is generally haram, which is the, you know spilling blood uh, and and killing. واستباحة المحرم لا تكون إلا لإقامة وجب. And for you to be allowed to do something which otherwise is haram can only take place if that which you're being commanded is an obligation. ولهذا استدل بعض الفقهاء رحمهم الله. That's why some of the uh, jurists have uh, used as an evidence, may Allah mercy on them, على وجوب الختان بأن الختان قطع شيء من الإنسان محترم. About the obligation of the uh, female. Uh, the female circumcision. I know there's a more technical term. I can't think of it right now. You understand the female circumcision that the khitan is the is the, the cutting off of something from the human that is respected. And the fundamental principle is the haram for you to remove part of your body. You're not allowed to remove any member or any skin off your body. دل على وجوب الختان فلما استبيح هذا القطع when this uh, cutting off of that body part became permissible that that uh, that indicates the obligation of the female circumcision إذ لا يستباح المحرم إلا لأداء واجب وعلى هذا فنقول الأمر هنا الوجوب because it's not allowed for you to make lawful that which is otherwise haram except if you're fulfilling an obligation and that's why we say here that it's an obligation obviously this is the opinion of some of the fuqaha from what I know, the popular opinion among the fuqaha that it is not obligatory to perform female circumcision or whatever the other term is. I was expecting by now someone to have typed it. I'm surprised that no one has typed it. And I know it has an abbreviation also, not an abbreviation, an acronym. Like PLS or PGB or something like this. F, female genital, FG, uh, FGM, there you go, female genitalial um, mutation is that correct that was just uh, my own ishtihad ala kulli hal yay close close mutilation tayyib khalas tayyib khalas mash mash i stand corrected it's, it's a subject that i don't like discussing in the first place tayyib yalla fardiyatul jihad so the obligation the fourth benefit is the obligation of jihad الجهاد قد يكون فرض كفاية. الجهاد could be a communal obligation. وقد يكون فرض عين. And it could be an individual obligation. ولا يمكن أن يكون فرض عين على جميع الناس. But it can never be an obligation, an individual obligation upon all the people. لقوله تعالى. Because Allah said, وما كان المؤمنون لينفروا كافة. And it is not for the believers, all of them to go out. In fighting, had only been a group of them gone out so that another group can remain and they could learn on their religion. They could do fiqh and understanding and deen. Meaning those who remain should be dedicated to learning the deen. So they will have understanding of the religion so, may they, so they may warn their people when they return to them perhaps they will be wary or careful fifthly the obligation of testifying of testifying that there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah with the heart and with the tongue yeah there you go good job uh, Iman that's what I was trying to say so this FGM is, a, is an aggressive I believe way of going about uh, this particular act where in Islam there's a recommendation for the woman to get circumcised. So I was I was right in the beginning, I guess. Alhamdulillah. Zakubullah khair for the support. If he were to testify with his tongue, and we don't know what's in his heart, we will take the apparent and we will leave his sarira. Sarira meaning a secret from sir. And not sarir, the bed upon which you sleep. We will leave his secret to Allah Azza wa Jal. And it is obligatory to withhold from him until we have evidence that contradicts his 
statement of uh, testimony of faith. It is not permissible to accuse him and say, This man had said this lying. Or he said it out of fear of death or being imprisoned or, or taken as a captive. We're unable to rip open or to access the hearts of the people. The sixth benefit it is obligatory on the person to believe firmly that there is no deity worthy of worship but Allah. It is not permissible, it is not sufficient to believe that Allah is should be worshipped in truth. If he only says, I just believe that Allah deserves worship, that does not mean that he's saying that others don't also deserve to be worshipped. If he only made that statement, it's he could also be thinking or saying, okay, Allah deserves to be worshipped, and so other, other gods also deserve to be worshipped, also deserve to be worshipped. Tawheed cannot take place except with affirmation and negation, or negation and affirmation, afwan. La ilaha illallah. There's no deity worthy of worship but Allah. Nafiluluhiyya is to negate divinity from other than Allah and affirming it to Allah Azza wa Jal alone. Seventhly, The fighting does not is not alleviated or is not stopped or prevented until they testify that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. As for entering Islam, it is done with this mere statement of La ilaha illallah. لكن لو شاهدت لو شاهدت طائفة لا إله إلا الله وأبد أن تشهد أن محمد رسول الله فإنها تقاتل. If a group of people were say we only testify that there's no deity worthy of worship but Allah, but they refuse to testify that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم, they will be fought because obviously that is not enough for them to enter Islam. وشهادة أن محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم تستلزم تجريد المتابعة له. The testimony that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah necessitates that you have to follow him. And uh, you have to follow him and emulate him. And that you should not follow anyone other than the Messenger of Allah. And believing him in what he says and avoiding whatever he prohibits and forbids. And that Allah should not be worshipped except, except via that which the Prophet legislated. Eighthly, وجوب إقامة الصلاة. The obligation of establishing the salah. لأنه إذا لم يقمها فإنه لا فإنه لا يمتنع قتاله. Because if he doesn't establish salah, then you're not you don't hold back from fighting that person. بل قال بل قد قال الفق الفقهاء فقهاء فساد رحمهم الله ما الله مرسلهم يقاتل أهل البلد يقاتل أهل بلد تركوا الأذان والإقامة وإن صلوا وإن صلوا. Some of the فقهاء said the People of a town or a village should be fought if they abandon the adhan and the iqama, even if they pray. Because the adhan and the iqama are from the, from the uh, uh, rights of the religion, from the uh, signs of the religion that are apparent. Subhanallah, if a group would say, we will not call the adhan or the iqama, but we will pray, it is obligatory to fight them. واستدلوا بأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان إذا غزا قوما أمسك حتى يطلع يطلع الفجر. They use as an evidence that when the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم would uh, would uh, attack a, a group of people or a nation, he would wait until fajr comes. فإن سمع أذانا كف عن قتالهم ولا قتلهم. If he hears an adhan, he withholds from fighting them. Otherwise, he would fight them. Mustafa Baba, can you please go to your mom or your sister? كذلك قال الفقهاء similarly the فقهاء said يقاتل أهل بلد تركوا صلاة العيد وإن لم تكن فرضا على العيان كفريضة الصلوات الخمس the people of a town should be fought if they abandon establishing صلاة العيد even if it's not obligatory on individuals such as the five daily prayers قالوا لأن صلاة العيد من شعار الإسلام الظاهرة what happened what happened what happened Okay, sit on the couch and don't say a word. Sit on the couch and don't say a word. Children.
قالوا لأن صلاة العيد من شعائر الإسلام الظاهرة because صلاة العيد is from the uh, rights of Islam there's another word for شعائر ذلك ومي فإنها ذلك ومي ذلك ومي يعظم شعائر الله فإنها من تقوى القلوب that and whoever magnifies the how did I used to translate that شعائر has another word سبحان الله على كل حال it's from the from the signs or from the rights rights as in r i t e s symbols is a good is a good one there was another more specific term that i used to use but i, I cannot think of it right now على كل حال so فيقاتل اهل البلد اذا تركوا صلاتي العيدين so the people of the town should be fought if they abandon the two eid uh, prayers صلاه يعني عيد الاضحى وعيد الفطر i don't know what's so funny aziz Number nine, wujubu ita'i zakah, the obligation of paying zakah. لِأَنَّهَا جُزْءٌ مِمَّا يَمْنَعُ مُقَاتَلَةِ النَّاسِ Because it is part of that which will prevent the people from being fought against. وَلَا بُدَّ أَنْ يَكُونَ إِتَاءَ الزَّكَاءِ إِلَى مُسْتَحِقَّهَا It is inevitable, it is incumbent that the payment of the zakah should be given to those who are deserving of it. فَلَا يَكْفِي أَنْ يَعْطِيَهَا غَنِيًّا مِنْ أَقَارِبِيَ وَأَصْحَابِيَ لَنَّ ذَلِكَ لَيْزُ It's not permissible, it's not sufficient to give it to a rich relative of yours or a friend of yours because that doesn't suffice. لقوله تعالى, because Allah said, إِنَّمَا الصَّدَقَاتُ لِلْفُقَرَاءِ وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَالْعَامِلِينَ عَلَيْهَا Verily the sabaqat, i.e. the zakah here, is for the fuqara and the masakeen and those who are working in that field. وَالْمُؤَلَّفَةِ قُلُوبَهُمْ Those who are hearts are inclined towards Islam. والغارمين and those who are in debt and those who want to emancipate themselves وفي سبيل الله and in the cause of Allah وابن السبيل and the wayfarer or the traveler who's basically been cut off or is unable to make it to his destination فريضة من الله it's an obligation from Allah والله عليم حكيم and Allah is most knowledgeable and most wise number 10 إطلاق الفعل على القول قولي إذا فعلوا ذلك مع أن في جملة في جملة هذه الأشياء الشهادتين وهما قول ووجه ذلك أن القول حركة اللسان so the using the verb or the action, I'm sorry, using the action uh, to make up for the actual statement. Because he said, if they do that, even though in the sentence, there are things like the two shahadatain, which are things that they will utter. The way we understand this, the statement is, this, is the movement of the tongue. And the movement of the tongue is an action. أو يصح أفسي I've heard both إطلاق الفعل على القول بأن يكون القول في جملة الأفعال and it is permissible to use the action as opposed to the statement because some the statements fall under the actions كما في الحديث as in the hadith فإقامة الصلاة وإتاء الزكاة من الأفعال بلا شك because establishing the salah paying the zakah are actions no doubt كما يطلق القول على الفعل sometimes also the statement can be in reference to the action وهذا كثير كما في حديث عمار بن ياسر and that happens a lot such as a hadith of عمار بن ياسر رضي الله عنهما أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حين تيمم قال بيديه كذا وضرب بهما الأرض وهذا فعل حديث منشد صلى الله عليه وسلم قال بيديه he did like this with his hands and he struck the earth with them and that is an action but the, the term قال was used to refer to an action 11 أن الكفار تباح دماءهم وأموالهم لقوله عصموا مني دماءهم وأموالهم that the disbelievers their their blood and wealth is lawful because the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said they have prevented or protected from me their uh, blood and their wealth فيقتلون أو يؤسرون حسب ما تقتضيه الحال so they are either killed or they're taken as war captives depending on the situation وتغنم أموالهم and also their wealth is taken as as a, a war booty this is something that was specific to the Prophet it is, it is, uh, has been authentically attributed to him that he said I was given five none of the prophets before me were given I was, I was given basically fear would cast into the hearts of my enemies the distance of a month the distance that will take a month to cover. That's how far it would be and the people would be, would be afraid. They would be terrified. They would be terrified because of the Prophet 
And the earth was made for me a place of prostration and a purity. And it was made permissible for me, the war booty, and it was not made for permissible for anyone before me. And the ghanaim is the uh, the war of the is the wealth of the disbelievers if we take it by virtue of fighting. As for the previous nations, it's not permissible for them to take those as their own gains. And it was narrated that they would gather those war booties and then a fire would, would come down from the sky and it will burn it. And this is according to hadith in At-Tirmidhi. Again, guys, I've already given the introduction or the uh, disclaimer in the beginning. This is uh, when these things happen. This is upon the Muslim leadership and the Muslim leaders who decide uh, when to engage in those kind of fights. It is not for uh, factions of Muslims and individuals taken upon themselves. Otherwise, you're not only violating the person in charge, you're also violating the non-Muslims and other fellow Muslims. You may not go about and handle this business on your own. It has very uh, strict codes that are uh, that are established by the people in charge, the rulers and the scholars. If in this day and time, nobody, uh, the Muslim ruler is not engaging in any fight, خلاص, you've done your job, you just keep sleeping every night in your house peacefully. It's not on you to do anything else. If a country is being attacked, this is a different kind of uh, fighting the cause of Allah that has its own set of rules that will also be taught and educated on by the respective local scholars. Not for people from all over the world to speak about it. Because there are many, uh, you know, many contextual matters that are related to the country itself. Twelfth. It could be that someone's wealth, blood and wealth could become lawful by the right of Islam, even if it's not among the things that were mentioned in this hadith. وَقَدْ نُوْقِشَ أَبُو بَكْرِ الصَّدِيقِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ فِي قِتَالِ مَنْعِ and Abu Bakr was uh, was yani, uh, debated against, or he was, Nikash is a discussion. So he was presented with a discussion by opposition, basically, who were trying to discuss the matter further, regarding those who prevented the payment of zakah. فأجاب, he replied, بِأَنَّ الزَّكَاةَ حَقَّ الْمَالِ Zakah is the right of the wealth. وَالنَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم قَالَ إِلَّا بِحَقَّ الْإِسْلَامِ And the Prophet said, except with the right of Islam. And he said, Had they even prevented me from that little circle that they put on top of their imama uh, uh, or on top of their headwear? Even if they prevented from paying that, but they used to pay it to the Prophet, I will fight them for that. And now the, the reasons behind the lawfulness of fighting in Islam, this is not the context or the situation or the occasion to uh, break it down to the nitty gritty. But it is known by, you know, if, by those who study the matter and follow the traces all the way back to the Sahaba. Number 13. The accountability of the creation is upon Allah and the prophets, the messenger of Allah his only obligation is to convey. Similarly, whoever inherits the Prophet in terms of those who are giving da'wah and the scholars, they also only have the obligation to convey. The accountability is upon Allah فَلَا تَحْزَنْ أَيُّهَا الدَّاعِي إِلَى اللَّهِ إِذَا لَمْ تُقْبَلْ دَعْوَتُكَ أو دعوتك. Oh, caller to Allah, don't be grieved. Don't be sad if your invitation to the people has not been accepted or did not get accepted. فَإِذَا أَدَّيْتَ مَا يَجِبُ عَلَيْكَ فَقَدْ بَرِئَةِ الذِّمَّةِ If you have done what is obligatory upon you, then you're, you're, you're free now from accountability. وَالْحِسَابُ عَلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى The accountability will be upon Allah. كَمَا قَالَ اللَّهُ تعالى you're not in control over them. Except one who turns, turns away and disbelieves. Allah will punish him the most severe torment, the most severe punishment. Verily to us is their return. Then verily upon us is their accountability. 
يعني لكن من تولى وكفر meaning the one who turns away and disbelieves this is the one who فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر Allah will punish him the severe punishment to them is our return and upon us is our or is their accountability فلا تحزن أيها الداعي إلى الله إذا رد قولك don't be uh, don't be sad or call it to Allah if your statement has been rejected أو إذا لم يقبل لأول مرة or it was not accepted the first time لأنك أديت ما يجب عليك because you have fulfilled what has been made obligatory upon you ولكن اعلم أنك إذا قلت حقا تريد به وجه الله فلا بد أن يؤثر but no that if you say a word of truth seeking therein the face of Allah no doubt it will be influential and effective حتى لو رد أمامك فلا بد أن يؤثر even if it was rejected in front of you no doubt it has an effect وفي قصة موسى عليه السلام عبرة للدعاة إلى الله and the story of Musa is a lesson for the callers to Allah وذلك أنه جمع له السحر من كل وجه في مصر all of the magicians were brought before him from in Egypt واجتمعوا and they got together وألقوا حبالهم وعصيهم حتى كانت على الأرض على الأرض تمشي ثعابين and then they they threw their ropes and their and their canes uh, on the ground it's, and it became like as if they were snakes that were moving حتى إن موسى عليه السلام خاف so much so that Musa became uh, scared فأوجس في نفسه خيفة موسى so internally he became scared فلما اجتمعوا كلهم قال لهم when all of them came together he said قال لهم موسى ويلكم الله أكبر موسى said to them woe to you لا تفتروا على الله كذبا don't invent a lie against Allah فيسحتكم بعذاب that he will overtake you with the punishment وقد خاب من افترى he will be disappointed whoever invents a lie كلمات يسيرة very small words قال الله عز وجل Allah said regarding what happened afterwards فتنازعوا أمرهم بينهم وأسروا النجوة يعني أنهم تنازعوا فورا من immediately that had an impact on them and now they started disputing and arguing with each other والفافي قولي فتنازعوا للسببية والترتيب والتعقيب meaning the fat is a byproduct of the advice of Musa فتأمل كيف أثرت هذه الكلمات من موسى عليه السلام بهؤلاء السحرة so pay attention and reflect on how these these brief words from Musa had this huge impact on the magicians فلا بد لكلمة الحق أن تؤثر no doubt a statement of truth will be effective لكن قد تؤثر فورا وقد تتأخر والله الموفق however it could be immediately uh, effective or it could be delayed and take time and with Allah lies success and it is quite an accomplishment that we completed the entire hadith mashallah tabarakarrahman in one class alhamdulillah and that means that next week inshallah ta'ala we'll be discussing, discussing the ninth hadith which is another important hadith but يعني, that will be then inshallah let's quickly do this because we are running out of time I'm tired if shaitan urinates in the ear of the one who sleeps through the time of Fajr, does that mean that the ear is impure and needs to be washed? No. Next. If one wants to segregate from older married liberal cousins and they say we held you as a child, are you going to have sick perverted thoughts about us now? How to respond? Quoting Sunnah doesn't help. Quoting Sunnah doesn't help, then nothing will help. Ya Sheikh, Ya Azim Sheikh. If the Sunnah doesn't help, nothing will help. That's it. If these people don't want to hear Qala Allah wa Qala Rasul nothing. I will not even make an effort to give him a logical explanation. I will not make an effort to give him a logical explanation in the first place because they're not even deserving of that. I'm not going to play this game with them. That's that's crazy. Ala kulli hal. Naam, next. Wa alaikum salam. If a person is of a different madhab and still trying to follow the way of the Salaf, would he still be going? Would he still be going to follow the way of the Prophet? Or is it just one madhab that defines the right way? There is no one madhab that defines the right way. Uh, following the Prophet والسلام, is following whatever the hadith entails and whatever the hadith commands. Even if it goes against the principles, principles of a madhab that you might have studied and you might be following. Meaning, I take, I prefer the Hanbali Madhab. I prefer the Hanbali Madhab in Aqidah. I prefer the Hanbali Madhab in Fiqh. But I'm not a blind follower of the Hanbali Madhab, neither in Aqidah nor in Fiqh. 
Meaning if someone like this funny guy right now on the scene comes and says that Hanabila said this or the Hanabila said that, I'm not a blind follower of the Hanbalis, not in fiqh nor, nor in aqidah. I'm going to go to the Quran and the Sunnah and the source. I will go to the source which is the Quran and the Sunnah. Naam. Ustad, alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Would you recommend listening to Abu Khadija, Abu Abu al-Hasan, Malik al-Akhdar, Hassan Somali and Salafi's pubs? Generally, those brothers, يعني, they have khair and they have some... I, I don't know about all of them. I don't know each one of these individuals. I've heard of their names. I haven't listened to any one of them, honestly. But I do know that they have some beneficial talks where they call you to the Quran and the Sunnah according to the way of the Salaf. And they have some talks that are absolutely uncalled for where they're just basically transgressing against fellow Salafis. So if they're talking about matters of the religion and the deen, and it's something that they're translating from the scholars or something like that, no problem, inshallah. But if they have one of these talks where they're, you know, dissecting a fellow Salafi and telling you that he's the most deviant person under the sun, when he's clearly not, then you ignore those talks and you don't listen to them. Now, Wa alaikum salam, rahmatullah, astrashine, at starshine. Does angels have free will? No. If they don't, then didn't Jibreel throw mud into Pharaoh's mouth out of his own will? No. He does whatever Allah commands him. Naam. And some of the scholars, they say that the angels do have a free will. And if they didn't have free will, then Allah wouldn't have praised them that uh, What is the words before it? Some of the scholars say that they wouldn't have been praised if they didn't have a free will and then with this free will they, they decided and they chose to obey Allah and never disobey Him. They don't disobey Allah regarding that which He commands them. We've discussed this in Aqid al-Wasatiyah by the way. You can refer to the chapter where we discuss the ruling, uh, you know, the belief in angels. Next. I remember, alhamdulillah. Pedro. Came late. Yalla, next next question, please. Ya Hajji. I've seen people use the hadith, the majority of the ummah will not agree on an air to do common bid'ah or listen to public views. How can we respond? Azim Sheikh, and sometimes I wonder whether you've ever heard me give a talk in my life or in your life. Please go to my lecture, The Extermination of Innovation. Watch my lecture, The Extermination of Innovation. All of these have been addressed in that lecture, Barakallah Feek. Hi Allah, Muhammad Umair Ahmad. All the way from the UK. May the one whom you love me for love you. May Allah preserve you and your progeny. Your warning against Suhaib Web last week was very beneficial for the brothers here. In the same fashion, is it possible to give a quick list of English American dua to stay away? Why? For the GC, for the general. What is GC? For the great cause, for the generic catastrophe, for the Gulf capital, for the grandiose cheese, for the geographical capsulation. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, Akhi, I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, I've, I've, I've pretty much made my positions on those uh, group chat. I've made my positions pretty clear on those, Akhi. Uh, so I don't know why we have to repeat them. Uh, a quick list of English-American to stay away from. Technically, everybody. <laughs> Technically, everybody except the select uh, uh, good brothers. You know what I'm saying? I would, I would primarily say uh, the ones that I really yani, recommend the most would be a brother, uh, Ab Sheikh Abdurrahman Hassan, Ustad Muhammad Tim Humble, or actually Sheikh Muhammad Tim Humble, uh, I would highly recommend, uh, for instance, uh, Brother Faris Al-Hamadi. Zalla Khairan. Uh, I don't know why I can't think of the other ones right now. There are others and there are some who used to be on the list and now are off the list because of some strange positions that they've taken up in recent times. But stick to those people. Stick to those people, Barakallah Feek. I think there's plenty of khair in them that suffices you from having to listen to every Tom, Dick, and Harry out there. 
Yes, brother James Sutton. I don't know how you pronounce it. Sajid Lipham, uh, James Sutton. Shukran, shukran. All these are not, my mind is, is doing skip, 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 skip. So yeah, those who know me can type the names of the people that we trust in the chat. Those who know me. Who? Uh, Sheikh Abdul Aziz Al-Haqqan. Bravo. Oh my God, how did I forget that? Yeah, Abba Mus'ab, Mada Bika Ayyuhar Rajul Qad Kharrafta Wa Anta Mazilta Fi Muqbil Al-Umar Taib, next Is wearing tight clothing while exercising outside permissible such as synthetic Nike shirt or leggings? If you're uh, a shirt, yes A shirt, yes Leggings with no short, no If you're wearing legging with a short, yes Leggings with no short, like a like a yoga pants for women? No. As for a shirt, Habibi, for the millionth time, for the millionth time, the aura of the man is not like the aura of the woman. The aura of the man is like the, not the aura of the woman. A man can technically walk in the street shirtless. You can walk in the street shirtless. It's it's halal. Is it appropriate? Does it cause fitna? It's another story. But in terms of the the ruling, and I go by the ruling that it's the the surah, the, the belly button, the navel, and the knee are not part of the aura. Meaning those can be shown as well. You can actually show your navel and show your knee. What is above the knee and what is beneath the navel is what you cannot show. According to one opinion. The other opinion is the navel and the knee are part of the aura. Whichever one you take, if a man walked around shirt, like this was people say you're wearing a tight shirt or you know you're doing this, what's what's your problem, man? You can't make haram what Allah made halal. You can't restrict what Allah made vast. There's context for things. There are context for things. Yeah, and if you say, yeah, I prefer, I think, as a student of knowledge, as a da'i, you should, you know, dress this way, dress that way. It's a good advice. It's a valid advice. I agree with you. Uh, thank you. Uh, appreciate it. But don't be tripping over the things. Now, next. What's the ruling on plucking unibrows? Is it a gray area? Is it safer to avoid? What if we find on the day of judgment that it's part of the eyebrows and it was haram? Would we be sinful? No. From what I know, that the from what I know, for the women, the the area between the uh, the uni, the the, bra, the eyebrows <laughs> is not part of the. Uh, I have a unibrow, by the way. It's not part of the uh, the, the prohibition. So a woman may remi- remove those, and some scholars say that they should not be removed. So, but let's say you follow what you truly believe is is halal. And it turns out that you were wrong. Allah will not hold you accountable as long as you were sincere in your in your uh, intentions and in your research. Now, uh, alaikum salam. I, when talking about one's ethnicity, is only the paternal lineage considered, or can one attribute oneself to his maternal lineage in terms of tribal ethnicity? Yeah, you could you could do both. You actually, you, you obviously come from two, two lineages. But in terms of the name that you carry, you're going to carry the name of your father. It doesn't dismiss where your mother's from, though, altogether. Now, is it fine to read Tafsir ibn Kathir since I heard criticism about him? MashaAllah. If it is, I have a question regarding Surah Al-Ma'idah. Why did he mention a hadith? About Ali ibn Abi Talib. I don't know what you're referring to, but you can definitely read the tafsir of Ibn Kathir. Her criticism about him. There's no one on earth that there's no criticism about. Everybody, every scholar is going to have a mishap, a mistake, an error that you're not going to follow him on. It doesn't mean that you don't read tafsir Ibn Kathir altogether anymore. It doesn't mean it's not from the tafsir of Al-Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Stad, why is saying Rahimahullah after saying the names of the scholars not considered bid'ah? Is it reported from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or the Sahaba? No. Uh, it is not considered a bid'ah because it is it falls under the dua that you are uh, recommended to make 
for the fellow Muslims. It is it falls under the general dua that you make for fellow Muslims. And this is one of the ways that you show appreciation to the people of knowledge who the Prophet ﷺ told us that everything makes dua for the alim, even the, even the ant and the fish in the sea. They make dua for the scholar and they ask Allah to have mercy on him and forgive him. So yes, we follow suit under that general ruling of the uh, behavior towards the people of knowledge who are warathatul anbiya. They are the inheritance inheritors of the Prophet. Now, alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I mean, ya Rab, I have some male cousins who don't answer my phone calls or messages, even though I text or call them. Okay, page one of two. Tayyib, where's the next? Please give me some important nasiha. Nothing. The nasiha is continue to reach out to them. And if they continue to uh, reject, ignore, not respond, you will get the full reward of keeping the kinship ties and they will get the sin of breaking the kinship ties. You've done your part. If you're able to pay them a visit, if they live relatively close and you could visit them occasionally and make yourself available and then they still reject you, then that's according to the hadith. As long as you keep making an effort to, to re reach out to them, and they continue to cut you off, then you are doing exactly what is expected of you as a Muslim in terms of keeping the kinship ties. Now, Salam, Salam. Is it permissible to read the Quran if you're not properly covered? Yes. If someone is a student of knowledge upon the correct aqidah and da'i must. But most of the followers call them Sheikh. But they made some mistakes, should address them by Sheikh in person to be polite or stad. If he's a student of knowledge, he's not a Sheikh. Don't call him Sheikh or don't call him Stad. Call him by his kunya. If you really want to get over the all the uh, what do you call them? Formalities, just say Abu Musab. Yeah, Abu Musab. Yeah, Abu Musab. Oh, Abu Musab. What do you think? What do you say? And what is this? Nah, no need for Sheikh and Ustad and all this because I'm neither Sheikh nor an Ustad. Look, don't go far. Look at this guy, Zain. Look at this guy, Zain Al-Mish'al. Yani, you, you, you try to be nice to people, then you get people like this. Then why didn't the Salaf, bro, you acting like the Mawlid people? Look at this guy. This guy, yani, I don't want him to call me Sheikh and I don't want him to call me an Ustad, but he could have some decency and respect. Nope. A better response would be that our scholars use it. How about, how about this, Ya Zain? How about Ya Zain Al-Mish'al that you make your own channel, Habibi? Barakallah feek. I don't know why you're here. Why are you here? Anta al-Shaykh, anta al-Fahman, anta al-Diktor. Go make your own channel and have your own Arba'in Nawawiyya and have your own Q&A. And when someone asks you this question, you answer them. How about that? But you're a nobody and you want to come here and give us a hard time. Or you could learn some decency and manners. I, I make mistakes. I would love to be corrected. In fact, I would love to be corrected the same day so that I don't have to make a correction the following class because I cannot guarantee that the same people will attend. I cannot guarantee the same people will attend. So please, feel free to correct me. But have you heard of something called adab? Manners and correcting your teacher, quote-unquote, who's not a sheikh, but still, Allah is al-haq ya baba. I think you also asked a loaded question the other day. These people just come here to have fun. Next. Anyways, that will be the last question for the day. Assalamu alaikum alaykum salam. If the obligation is only to convey, then we don't have to keep telling our friends to pray salah if they already know it's fard. No, that's not. That's part of conveying. How do you know? How do you know what is the method of conveying? so look, read the story of Nuh. Nuh, he was conveying the message for 950 years, day and night. 
in public, in private, every occasion he was calling them to Allah Azza wa Jal. So that's you learn from the way of the prophets. The Prophet with his uncle Abu Talib, he continued to give him da'wah until his deathbed. So that doesn't mean say, okay, people know that Salah is fard khalas, I've done my job, I've conveyed it once, then they can go roast in hell. <laughs> you know, so no, that's not how it works. Aywa, shukran. Fadhakir, inna dhikra tanfa'al mu'mineen. So remind, verily, the reminder benefits the believers. You don't know when it will click. You don't know when it will click. Thank you for that uh, contribution, pursuing excellence. And thank you all for being decent and kind. And now it's time to uh, log out and take a break without a Kit Kat. Zakum Allah khairan wa barakallah fikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.